We're going to deal with faith forward plus love. Adding love to all this long list. And really love is the crowning achievement to the things we add to our faith. So 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 5, 6, and 7. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, the easy one. That's not easy. Charity. Charity is just the translation from the Greek word agape, which means the divine love of God. So it's not giving a dime to someone at the at the stoplight or something. Charity is the translation for the Greek word agape, the divine love of God. What's the difference between love and marriage? Well, love is blind. (laughs) Marriage is an (laughs) eye-opener. Some people say, well, love at first sight, preacher. That's a miracle. No, it's the ones who've been staring at each other for a couple of decades and still love each other. That's the miracle. <laughs> Show me one of those. This, this uh, little boy came to his dad. He said, Dad, we learned in school that in some places in the world, the man does not even know his wife until the day they get married. Dad said, son, that's every place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then a question, how, how do you get a farmer's daughter to fall in love with you. A tractor. Of course. So we I want to I want to direct your attention. <laughs> yeah. Yes. First Corinthians is the greatest treatise on love that the world knows. And there have been many poems on love and there have been many movies and movie scenes but what 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 is really what really uh what is love biblically what is love what is a definition and words have meaning so if someone says i love you and they're like okay and then in the same paragraph they say i love starbucks and i love twinkies and i love mickey mouse i don't think the love is the same for all of those things right so what does love mean and I love everything I said except Mickey Mouse. I mean, I love Twinkies and Starbucks and anyway, so. Uh, and I love my wife. Amen. But it doesn't mean, love doesn't mean the same thing. So what does love mean? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if check that out and that's a load leveler, that's what love is. Biblical love of God. So let's look at just a few verses and that's kind of where I would like to focus for the next 25 minutes. 1 Corinthians, a letter to the church, a letter to Christians who, have, who are going to add this to their faith. You know that Paul and Peter and Pastor Bigelow all have the same desire that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love grows in knowledge. We grow and we understand things. And that's honestly when you uh, know someone better and still love them, that shows that your love is growing because you know their good parts their stinky parts, their uh, parts that aren't as wonderful, and you still love them. See, a real friend is someone who knows everything about you and still loves you. 
Because sometimes we look down on ourselves. Like, man, I can't believe that I did that. Well, you know what? God still loves you. And friends still love you when they know all about you. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, just a few verses. Verses 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. That's kind of the, 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 the profile, if you please, of what love is. Charity, and the word charity, just understand, that's the word, the agape, the, the love of Christ. It's In the King James Version, it's translated charity, and that might be confusing. It doesn't mean to give a dollar at the stoplight. It, it means to, which isn't wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong. And uh, if God lays it on my heart, I'll give a dollar, ten dollars, give someone gas. You know, I just want to be led by the Spirit, okay? But this charity means the agape love of God, the divine love of God. So charity suffereth long. And is kind. Charity envieth not. It's like, preacher, I'm knocked out already. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So the first thing I'd like to share is verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want to deal with what love is. That's like a mathematical, an equal sign is the same as the word is. If you make a word problem, you can take an equal sign and make it into the word is. It means the same as. When you write an equation, that means that one thing, say that four equals Two plus two. So one side is the same as the other side. So when you say love is, that means that it's the same as. You know that I'm thankful. Uh, well, let's, let's continue because I'm going to get ahead of myself. Charity suffereth long. That means it's patient. And is kind. Well, I'm trying to love my wife. Well, <laughs> you can't try to love your wife. You just love your wife. Because love equals kindness. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth. It doesn't, it's, not a, it's not a show off. And it said, is not puffed up. Charity, the, the agape love of God, is humble. I remember when we met this guy at the UDT Museum. And he had like some shorts and a t-shirt on we were late the, the museum was closed it's in fort pierce so we walked around the outside and and said what's your name and he said uh rick rick kaiser or whatever and i saw the symbol of the navy seals he had a t-shirt on right no uniform and i said were you a seal and he goes yeah i was in the seals and and uh he said like what's the hardest part about the about the training and he said well you just gotta learn to you know be in cold water and i'm like whatever i didn't say that to him and that's about all he said. I think, uh, you know, so we talked a little bit. He's from Wisconsin. And then that was it, you know, shook his hand or whatever. I looked him up on the internet. He wasn't a SEAL. He was SEAL Team 6. He was in the battle for Mogadishu, what we know as Black Hawk Down. He wasn't in the movie. 
that they were Delta guys, but he was a Navy SEAL Team 6 sniper who won the Silver Star in Mogadishu. And you never would have known that. He was more like a surfer dude. Why? Because he was humble. You know that one of the characteristics of love is humility. Vaunteth not. You'd be surprised. Some people, they know a lot of stuff and have a lot of stuff. Even people that attend this church, you might be like, oh, I didn't know that they had this nice thing or this, you know, because they don't, they don't show it off. And you know what? That's a real characteristic of love. You know that when Jesus came, the Bible said he came lowly. He even came riding on a donkey, you know, not like a conqueror, but he came very humbly to redeem his people into Jerusalem. And so love just is that way. You know that sometimes people, they, they, uh, they don't understand um, if uh, someone is just having a put on or if that just is them. And you know that when someone comes to a real Christian church and they, they see the love of God and different things, and they're like, is this just what you, how you treat new people or do you always act with love towards people? But love is. You know, love is in the middle when there's no money and there's no food. That's still love is love just is that way uh and then the second thing is love does so if love is then love does it is the christian superpower and i I read this illustration of uh i guess it was a missionary but there was a starving woman and a little baby and look you can't call 911 in a foreign country it's not there okay america's awesome uh People are running the border just to get in here, okay? (laughs) Black people, Mexican people are running the border to come in here. They're coming in caravans because our country is awesome, okay? But um, in some countries, they don't have any support. If you're just sick and you're going to die, guess what? Well, this missionary was there. A Christian was there. All he had was like a sweet potato. And so it was a starving woman and this little baby. And uh, he he said he just gave her this cooked sweet potato because that's all he had. And so this woman, she, she might not, you know, he, she was so bad off, she might not have made it through the night. True story. And she took the sweet potato and put it in her mouth and chewed it up. And then went over the baby's mouth and put it in the baby's mouth. And the next day the baby was alive and the mother died. That is what love does. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 5, 6, and 7. Doth not behave, its, behave itself unseemly. Now, unseemly means uh, unbecoming. So love behaves itself right. You know, when someone's a Christian in church, they'll be a Christian out of church. And I, I have a daughter, and she's ultimately going to grow up, and I, I mean, I, I've, you know, I said, don't just get the cute boy or whatever. I said, Find out if he is a Christian. And I remember there was a, you know, someone we were inviting to church. Like, hey, you got cute girls at your church? He's like, I like church girls. And I'm thinking, yeah, you want to come get a girl who's not been all used up and everything. But you know what? She don't need you. <laughs> you know what? What a Christian lady needs to do is not just wait around for a guy who can talk, but a man who conducts himself in the right way. Love seeketh not her own. It's, you know, that these uh, two shrimp, you know, I was talking to two shrimp. And I said, do you 
you, you know it's a joke because you can't talk to two shrimp, right? But so I was talking to two shrimp and I said, are you two displaying the real qualities of love to each other? You know, because they were a couple, right? And the shrimp said, they looked at each other and they said, no, not really. We're just too shellfish. <laughs> Seeketh not her own, right? Love primarily doesn't say, it's not shellfish. <laughs> just a plug on Publix, you can get your shrimp steamed right there at Publix. Half a pound, like three bucks, and seasoned, right? So. If you want to buy some from your, for your wife, if you're not going to be shellfish. So, seeketh not her own. And then it said it's not easily provoked. I used to work for a guy named Pistol Pete. Uh, well, that was his nickname. And he was a little guy. And he used to work with this big guy named Brandon. And uh, I said, his name was Pete. That was his name. But uh, Pete Pardo, that was his name. And I asked Brandon, I, th- I said, why do you call him Pistol Pete? And he said, because he's always going off. Like, dah, 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 dah. you know, you ever seen Yosemite Sam? Somebody's like, dah, dah, dah. he keeps shooting the guns and everything. And, and, you know, the Bible said that love ain't that. It's not easily provoked. And my wife, are you laughing at me? <laughs> hey, it says with all diligence, right? Add these things, right? It's like, God, do I have to teach this? Yep, God's like, you do. And then it says, thinketh no evil. It's, love isn't just an outward Michael Bolton song, okay? Love isn't just an emotion. The Bible says it's an intellect. Thinketh no evil. Love even comes into your everyday thinking. You know, we think of love as an emotion, but love is not an emotion. Love is intellectual. And m- many people are like, well, what do you mean? That mother that chewed up that sweet potato and, and fed it, you know, the, the chewed up sweet potato to her little baby mouth to mouth. That was not emotion. That was an intellectual process. It was a thought process to preserve her uh, son or daughter's life, which she did. And, you know, it thinketh no evil. And it says, listen, it rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. There's something about love. When someone treats you wrong, and guess what? We're in a world where you're going to get treated wrong. You know what would love would do? Love would not slam them on Facebook. Okay, so if you get treated wrong, you don't repay that with the wrong. Why? I just don't think that way. And you don't, you don't hope. So I hope that this Democrat gets repaid. COVID or this Republican, you know, gets, you know, uh, hurt. That's not in a Christian's mind. Why? Love doesn't think that way. And then the Bible says it beareth all things, all things. Well, preacher, can you, can you deal with all things? Like Mother Teresa said, God, I know you wouldn't give us anything we could, couldn't handle. He said, (laughs) he said, she said, but God, I wish you didn't Trust me so much, right? But the Bible says, beareth all things. All things. It's, and really, this is the Christian superpower. You know, Marvel superheroes have the superpowers. Love is the Christian's superpower. A lot of the superheroes, man, they're attractive people in underwear. And if you idolize them and your kids do, they're attractive people in underwear that are selfish. And they're even making Superman, what, transsexual? I mean, I thought super, self, love is not, 
Yes, there was a comic book of like Superman, I think it's Superman, kissing another dude. I'm like, come on. That's all about you. That's not about others. Superman used to be for truth, justice, and the American way. If you watch the first Superman movie, he even sacrificed his superpowers so that he could be with Lois Lane. He gave up his superpowers. Kind of like Jesus gave up his superpowers so he could redeem us back to God. Love is not shrimpy, selfish. Believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. You know, I'm, I'm going to run out of time here. But Paul, if you go to the chapter prior to this, Paul is talking about other Christian superpowers. And spiritual gifts. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and look, God is awesome. There's a lot of spiritual gifts. The Bible, if you want to read uh, a treatment on spiritual gifts, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there are nine spiritual gifts that God talks about. Why? Because he said concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, hey, you want to be superheroes? I would not have you ignorant. God has superpowers and he shares them or gifts them to his people that they would show the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Remember, all these gifts are not supposed to make us look good. They're supposed to make God help him redeem people back to him. Remember when Jesus, he, he, in the Sunday morning, when he raised that paralytic man up from his bed, he said, rise up and walk. And he said, why do you do that? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to do what? Forgive sins. There was a message in the miracle. The message is not that we're great. The message is that God can forgive. The God that can heal can forgive your sins. So, there's nine spiritual gifts. And so there's gifts. I, 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 I like to try to remember things. So there's three gifts for the mind, three gifts for the mouth, and three gifts, because it starts with M, for the manos, which are the hands, right? And that's the way I remember it, because when you're blonde, you want to remember things. So, and that way, it doesn't matter how much you read your Bible if you don't remember anything. It's like, what'd you read? Man, I don't know. Man, but I read it for an hour. And I have no idea what I read. But I want to retain something in there. You know, like your wife is talking to you, talking to you, talking to you, and then she stops. She goes, were you listening to anything that I said? And you're like, nope. <laughs> Did me having my face in my phone get tip you off? You know, because we can actually read something but not be there. Or they'll just stop and say, what was the last thing that I said? You're like, oh, something about, you know. But anyway, so mind, mouth, and mano. So the nine spiritual gifts. The mind, you have three gifts. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Well, the word of wisdom is so that you can understand something that God has said. It gives you insight. You ever heard a preacher preach and you're like, wow, I never understood it like that before. That's the word of wisdom. And what's the word of knowledge? To understand something, to gain knowledge of something. And then what's the discerning of spirit? Now that is when God gives you the ability to look at someone and know the motivating force in their life. These are all available to any of us by the Spirit of God. So someone's telling you something and the Holy Ghost says, let me tell you the, the real deal, okay? And uh, I remember that my pastor had shared, I think, word of knowledge, that the Holy Ghost said, that person is sleeping with that person. And he's like, Ooh. he didn't say anything, but it was just, 
you know, at the mouth of two or three witnesses. And uh, so he didn't go and out him, but the Holy Ghost just opened his, the Holy Ghost can do that, you know, and the, the Spirit of God, these are spiritual gifts, right? So the, those are the mind that operate in the mind. So the ones that are operated of the mouth, the gift of tongues, and that's a supernatural utterance that's in a language that is unknown to the speaker. It's a supernatural utterance, like the day of Pentecost, like when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll speak in other tongues, other languages that the Spirit of God gives utterance. And then you have the interpretation of tongues. So tongues and interpretation equal prophecy or preaching. So it's a message that you couldn't understand. Now you can because someone interprets. So tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. That's straight from the throne room of God. And it's done through preaching. It's done through uh, supernatural utterances in a language you can understand. Straight from the throne room to you in your language. And this brother in Bible school was telling me that he was down on himself. They were in a prayer meeting. At least he was in a prayer meeting. And he's like, in his mind, he's like, God, you know, he, he felt like God had forsaken him. And so in his mind, he was like, God, why did you forsake me? You know, something like that. Well, he didn't say it out loud. But the preacher that was in the prayer room spoke out loud and said, Thus saith the Lord. I have not forsaken you. What's that? Prophecy. <laughs> that is prophecy. And brother, and you probably know the minister, and you probably know the people, and I'm just not going to mention names, but you know what? God still does that, and God still gives a message all the way to the throne room. Who's he going to speak through? Someone who's willing. Someone who's ready to be used by God. So, And then the gifts of manos, the power of God, right? Demonstrated. Uh, the authority and the power of God is the working of miracles, gifts of healing, and the gift of faith. Those last three things. Say, preacher, why do you share those, those nine gifts? Well, because the Bible says that after all of those gifts are shared, Paul says in the very last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. He said, man, all of these gifts are awesome, but there's something even better than that. And then he begins to talk about love. So preacher, I thought faith was the main thing. No, because didn't God say we need to add love to our faith? Now, if you've read uh, Ephesians, you should check out 2 Ephesians. Say, what Bible is that in? In your Bible? I'm going to read from it. There's no second Ephesians. Yes, there is. So in Ephesians, you taught about the faith that we have in God and the armor of God and the, the power of faith. It's like, you know, your spiritual gifts. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And that is God. But you know that love is even greater than that? I said, preacher, I, I've never heard of second Ephesians. Well, let me read it to you. So the first Ephesians was just Ephesians, right? Second Ephesians, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? So it's a letter to the Ephesians. Well, where is it found? In the book of Revelation. But it's the second letter to the Ephesians. So I just call it second Ephesians so you can think, there's no second Ephesians. Yeah, yeah it's called Revelation. But it's the second letter to the Ephesians. And you know, it's interesting. What does God deal with here? Faith, power. 
He said, I know your works and your labor. Man, praise God. You know, you got power. You got works. Your patience. He got a standard. You don't bear them, which are evil. You've tried them that say they're apostles and, the, and uh, they're not. And you found them liars. You've born, had patience for my namesake and has labored and has not fainted. Man, that sounds like this church should be getting, uh, you know, some cupcakes and uh, with frosting and sprinkles, right? Easy on the sprinkles, but um, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Mm. So God said, you did all this stuff, but it doesn't count. Why? Because love is more important than all of the works that we do. It's the motivating force behind all the works that we do. My sister-in-law said she likes to order fries at, at McDonald's and she likes them hot, right? So Misha says, make them with love. <laughs> and you know what? When you make things with love, it's different. Jesus said, remember therefore. Now he's talking to the church. He's not talking to a bunch of people that don't know God. These are people who are working hard. They're teaching, they're preaching. And he said, hey, remember wherefore from whence thou art fallen. What? And repent. And do the first works. What? With the right heart. When you came to church and glorified God just to love him. And or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except thou repent. Man, I'm out of time. Let me, I got three minutes. Me, come on, speed up, Bigelow. And you say, well, preacher, who can do all that? You can through Christ. Do you know who wrote this? Peter. So well, Peter was perfect. No, he wasn't. He denied Christ how many times? Three times. And right before he denied him, he said, man, everyone else is going to be offended. Not me. Man, I'll die if I have to. Everyone, and Jesus is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. He didn't say that to any of the other disciples. <laughs> but he's like, no, not me. Man, I'm your man. You know, that sounds like, it sounds like a Michael Bolden song. I will die with you. You know, that's what Peter was like. You know, they'll all be offended, but not me. You know, that's what Peter was, he was saying that. And he did deny him once. Deny him twice. Deny him three times. And so when Jesus was risen from the dead, do you know what the angel said? Go tell the disciples and Peter. Why? Because he was the head of the church. No. Because he probably thought that Jesus didn't love him anymore. He's like, hey, don't worry. Don't. Make sure you tell Peter God still wants him. Because Peter writing this, that we can add love. Man, if God could restore him, God can restore us. Love does restore. Love makes us able. That's why God says we need to add love. And what did Peter say to Jesus? He, he, said, he said, Peter, after he rose from the dead, he said, do you agape me? You love me? And you know what Peter said? It's not translated like this, but this is what it is from the Greek. He said, I filio you. I, I, I like you, Jesus. It says love, but it's translated from the, you're my buddy. You know? How can he say he really loved him when he denied him? And then Jesus said again, he said, do you agape me? Do you love me? And Peter said, I filio you. You're my buddy. You're my buddy. We're we bros. And then the third time Jesus said, Jonas, do you really just like me? Do you just feel me? 
And Peter was grieved because Jesus changed the word from the agape love of God down to just buddies. But Peter couldn't bring himself to say agape. So he said, Lord, you know all things. Uh, you know that I, I like you. And, and why? Well, because Peter didn't think that that word agape could come out of his mouth after he denied Christ. But let me tell you, Peter added love later on and wrote us first Peter to show that God redeems the best and the worst of us. God still redeems. We can add love does. And it is, man, it is eight o'clock. I tell you what, well, I could do the two-minute version. Let me do the two-minute version so I go to the next thing. So the last thing is love wins. Love is, love does, love wins. The Bible says charity never faileth. All of these other gifts, they're going to go away. Who's going to need healing in heaven? But love endures. You know when you get old, you want to buy things that last? <laughs> And you want things that are going to carry on with you, so you have to buy them every six months. It's more important, well, love lasts. You know, if you only had five minutes to live, what would you do? You'd get on your phone, and you'd call everyone you know, you'd probably tell them, I love you. I mean, five minutes, and then you're going to die. Why wait until the last five minutes of your life? Why wait until you're in your deathbed? Tell them now. It's like that new husband. Uh, we've been married a year, and... Uh, his wife said, you never tell me you love me. And he said, I told you when we got married, nothing's changed. <laughs> you know, but men, we don't understand that. They need to hear it more than once a year, right? The Bible says, God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And the Bible says, in 1 Corinthians, love never fails. Well, if God is love... And love never fails. God never fails. God never fails. The Bible says the gospel is a good news, the good news, but it's also a love story. You know that? It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a love story. So I'd like a, to close with this. So this man took his eight-year-old daughter and his five-year-old son to a mall and they had a petting zoo. So he flipped them each a quarter so they could go to the petting zoo, right? And pet the little animals, you know, and get hair all over their clothes. And so, um, So he walks, not he left his kids unattended in the petting zoo or whatever. Look, this is a generation ago. You could do that, right? So it's a little, a little area with the fence around it. So he goes into the hardware store. You know, he thought he'd have some time in the hardware store. And there's his daughter alongside of him. And he's like, why is my daughter alongside of me and not in the petting zoo? So he asks her, what's wrong? And so she looked up and said, well, daddy, it costs 50 cents. And he said, you know, okay. So she said, I gave Brandon, my little brother, my quarter. And then she said the most beautiful thing I ever heard. She repeated the family motto. And so their family motto is love in action. She had given Brandon her quarter and no one loves cuddly, furry creatures more than Helen. That's his daughter. So... 
well, what do you think I did? Well, not what you might think, the dad said. As soon as I finished my errands, I took Helen to the petting zoo. We stood at the fence and watched Brandon go crazy petting and feeding the animals. Helen stood with her hands and chin resting on the fence and just watched Brandon. And you know what the dad said? I had 50 cents in my pocket, burning a hole in my pocket. But I never offered it to Helen. And she never asked for it. Because she knew the whole family motto is not love is action, but love is sacrificial action. See, love always pays a price. When you love, it's going to cost you something. When you love, benefits accrue to someone else's account. You know, love is a one-way street. Love is for you Love is not for me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. Love gives, it doesn't grab. Helen gave her quarter to Brandon and wanted to follow through with her lesson. She knew she had to taste the sacrifice. She wanted to experience the total family motto, love is sacrificial action.